Good morning and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the in-depth interview here on Mining Stock Daily. This is your host, Trevor Hall. This in-depth interview today is going to feature Mr. David Erfley, the junior miner junkie. Long form interview with him going over a lot of the specific moves in gold and silver this week and also talking about potentially the need for a correction or pullback, which we never we never got up until this point when we're recording. So we'll see what happens Friday and into uh, Monday morning. So interesting. Can't you know, can't really complain about the um, gold and silver moves, but uh, you can have a little caution, can't you? Uh Great week all around for the for the miners. So good discussion with David. Glad to have him on. We rarely have him on these long form interviews, so glad we can make that happen. Before we get into the discussion with David, big thank you to our sponsors: Rio Two Limited, Corvus Gold, Western Copper and Gold, and Integra Resources. Appreciate your continued support of Mining Stock Daily. So great conversation here. Uh, and at the end, we actually have a little bit of a uh, shotgun approach to some questions on specific companies for David. Uh, he didn't really prepare for it, so some pretty interesting insight on his part. So that's it from us. We will uh, be back Monday morning. Enjoy this interview. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. And we're back here on Mining Stock Daily with our Friday morning in-depth interview. We welcome back to the show the junior miner junkie himself, Mr. David Erfley, out there in California. David, pleasure to have you back on. Thanks for having me back on, Trevor. Always nice to talk to you. Yeah, and uh, you're going to bring us through the last day of trading here on Friday uh, into the weekend. Please note, we are recording this late, late in trading Wednesday afternoon. So whatever happens between then and now, <laughs> we can't and be. my crystal ball's broken, we, too. Man, <laughs> we are not responsible for it. However, maybe it's fortuitous we're having this conversation, uh, you know, less than 48 hours prior to this interview airing, David, because you and I were talking about looking at the uh, – the indicators on the, some of these technical charts, things are getting very overbought. Um, and a pullback not only is healthy, but necessary. So give me your thoughts here. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about off mic here. Um, the RSI in gold is over 80 now in the monthly. And it's uh, pretty high above the monthly Bollinger Band. It's been riding that monthly Bollinger Band ever since it uh, it broke out in April. So, um, and also if you take a look at, at the shares, you know, which were leading, so you had, you had silver shares, uh, leading and juniors leading, which was telling you that this breakout was, was going to happen in the gold price above 1800. So, um, since they led to the upside, it looks like they might be leading to the downside as they're selling off here today. Even though silver's up almost a buck fifty and gold's up another twenty bucks, so uh, as you uh, stated and as we talked off, Mike, this is uh, a healthy 
and necessary to have a, a pullback and consolidation here. Um, but I, I still uh, believe that the gold price is going to continue to build a floor at 1800 and uh, the silver price now uh, needs some, still needs to do some catching up. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see 26 hit on the, on the silver price before we have a substantial uh, pullback in silver. You, you think if, if silver does hit 26, you don't think it'd pull up some of those silver explorers up with it? Or you think they'd still kind of level out here and consolidate? Well, a lot of these explorers have had two, three, four uh, times moves here already. And a lot of these moves preceded the silver breakout. Uh, so, um, you know, drill plays, they're still going to move on good drill results. But uh, some of these juniors that, that are de-risking to find deposits, um, they'll probably pull back here a little more. But um, this is all short-term noise as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, I'm in this for the long haul. And... Um, be right, sit tight is still my mantra. You know, I was fortunate to get in before this, to get myself and my subscribers uh, in, all in, before this breakout took place. So um, we're enjoying the ride here. And now our biggest problem has become, when do we t start to take some profits off the table? Um, you know, if you're, if you're a short-term trader, then taking some profits off the table right now is probably a good idea. But if you're in this for the long haul, um, these uh, my, the miners have broken out of huge seven-year bases, both the GDX and the GDXJ. So uh, these they still have years to go here. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the measured upside target in the GDXJ uh, of a breakout above 49 is 90. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that 90 target hit by spring of next year. I mean, it is the hardest part of well, investing in general, I mean, the easy part is to buy. The hardest part is to know when to sell. That's right. <laughs> and Any fool can buy a stock. Knowing when to sell it, that's where the expertise comes right. in. Right. You know, and this is an interesting conversation, David, because do you feel that we as an industry and in playing in these really small cap resource stocks, we put an expectation in that you could find the next 10 bagger, you can – you know, raise the capital that you have put in this really easy. But when it comes to this type of situation, you know, we've seen stocks go 300, 400%, which is a great return. But do you think we still battle like, well, it's not a 10 bagger. I can't sell yet. <laughs> well, you have to, like you uh, alluded to in the beginning of your question, Trevor, you have to know the reason why you bought the stock in the first place. What's your expectation of that stock? Um, if it's a drill play and the company's yet to define a resource and um, they hit a nice hole and the stock has gone up two, three times, you're going to want to take some of that off the table mm -hmm. uh, and get at least get your original investment out. Because once you get your original investment out of a junior, it's a lot easier to hold it. You don't, you don't get nearly as nervous with the, with the volatility in these things. But uh, as far as... As far as, um, you know, um, developer explorers that have all that are de-risking a defined deposit, uh, you know, they've the smart ones have all cashed up here and they're cashed up well into next year. And the gold price is attempting to build an eighteen hundred dollar floor. 
So with the gold price attempting to build an $1,800 floor, even a lot of these marginal deposits that have been languished, that the stocks have been languishing for years, they're even economic. So they're really starting to move. You know, these optionality plays, I've seen some of them. Uh, a good example is Spanish Mountain Gold has gone up uh, three times just in the past month or so. So um, you really need to know, uh, understand uh, why you bought the stock in the first place, um, how long you intend to hold on for it, and what you're looking for to take some profits off the table. You know, as far as a, a developer explorer is concerned, you know, I'm I'm in it for a takeover. If if I if if I was fortunate enough to get into one of these companies. Uh, before the stock is broken out and uh, the management team has done a great job de-risking the project. They've done a great job raising capital at the right price. And um, it's, a, it's a large deposit with Blue Sky and the, the grade is, is good or, or, or now even decent. I'm going to hold that stock for, uh, until a buyout or until the, the GDXJ hits that measured target of 90 and I feel there might be a sustained co correction coming, I might, some I might take some off the table. Um, so now, basically, um, I'm looking for an opportunity, the best opportunity, to take my original investment off the table in some of these things, and I don't think that is, is yet in, in, in some of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I am also at a certain point in many of my positions to where I could certainly take that original investment capital off and have it on the side. Um, if you do that, let's say we were to do that and then have this pullback, would you reinvest that into some of the same plays you originally took the profit or, you know, took that original capital off or would you still hold tight and hold the cash? Well, um, my strategy for my portfolio, uh, I've, as, as you know, you're a subscriber. I have a lot of money. In, I have invested in, in juniors. And I'm at the point now where whatever money I take off the table, I put in my bank account. So um, that's that's what I've done ever since I started the portfolio in 2016. All my realized gains, I've I've basically put in my in my, in my bank account. Um, this is a very high risk sector, and even though now uh, we're in this strong bull move up leg, it's still a high risk sector. And uh, it's it, sure it's it's less risky now that the, now that we're having this huge move, but it's always a good idea if you have pretty much all your eggs in, in the junior basket like I do, to bank your profit and go ahead and and uh, let your your um, your positions run. You know your your basically your your uh, long term holding positions. You know you want to get like like I said you you want to get your investment capital out, but you don't want to do it too soon. So it's it's a fine line trying to figure figure that out. I mean you go you base it on valuation, you base it on where we're at in in the move in the sector, um, and like I said, you know this is a breakout of a seven year base. So um, a lot of these stocks, even though they've moved up quite a bit. They're still trading at a market cap less than they were trading at when gold was at below $1,400. And also, these management teams have, you know, in, in the quality juniors, they've done a great job of de-risking the project for the last four years. When, you know, because we had 
four years ago was we had that we had that huge move in 2016 where the sector went up 160 percent. You had, you know, you had three, four, five, ten baggers in a lot of these companies. They they ran up too much, and some of these companies they still haven't reached that peak yet. Mm-hmm. Yet the gold price is four hundred dollars higher. So these juniors are still massively undervalued in relation to the price of gold. You have to keep that in the back of your head while you're while you're looking at these huge gains and worrying that they're going to come off the table with a huge dump like you're trained to, to think during the bear market. So basically, this is the time to take your bear market hat off, put it in mothballs and put your bull market hat on. Because this market is not going to trade like it traded during the bear market. You know, weakness is going to be bought, and valuations are 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 going to be are are basically going to go to go a lot higher than you think they will. I I I don't think I sent you show notes because you just literally answered my next question. <laughs> it's my, well, that's good. But I, you know, I think really the way I was going to frame it is: it fair to compare? This precious metals market in the junior explorers, knowing that we are 50, 60, 70 bucks away from gold's all-time high, and compare that to where we were, you know, 10 years ago during that big bull run. Um, valuations are cheaper now than they were 10 years ago. We're not seeing a similar share price. Is it fair to make that comparison right now? Oh, I mean... The, the juniors are so massively undervalued. I mean, a good thing to, to follow, a good chart to follow um, is the XAU to gold ratio. And if you bring up a 30-year chart of the XAU to gold ratio, right, back in 1996, um, some of your listeners may not uh, know about BREEX. Most of them probably do. But uh, BREEX was this huge scam in the market. And um, Wall Street was pricing in this deposit of having 70 million ounces of gold. It turned out to be a, a big, huge scam. And the, the, the geologist, the head geologist of this company was thrown or either pushed out of a helicopter in Borneo in 1996 when the, when the scam was, was, was unveiled. And he basically took gold stocks with him. When he when he fell out of that helicopter, because gold stocks in relation to the price of gold have been tanking ever since, even though we had the gold price go from two hundred and fifty dollars in the year of 2000 to nineteen hundred dollars in 2011, the gold stocks in relation to the price of gold basically have remained in a bear market until 2016. And once we had that bottom in 2016, we had that, that, that huge price spike of 160% in six months. But then it took four years to consolidate that move. And then, we've, then we had last March where we had the, the deflation scare because of all the, the lockdowns due to COVID. Everybody ju- rushing to the dollar, selling everything they could. And juniors with, without any cash flow were the, one of the first things they sold. Mm-hmm. So we had basically had a double bottom in that XAU to gold ratio. That was the second like generational opportunity you had to buy junior gold stocks at ridiculously low prices. And they're still ridiculously low because if you take a look at the gold prices, $1,800, and you take a look at these juniors, they still have a long way to go. 
Again, David, show notes I never sent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next week on this uh, on our weekend interview, we're going to have Warren Irwin, and he's going to talk a little bit about lessons. Oh, he's two. always a good interview. Yeah, he's he, he's a guy you could talk about Briex with. He knows yeah. a lot about. Yeah, Brie-X. so uh, he's going to be coming on the show next week. So little uh, little plug for next week's show, uh, Friday Friday morning. Um, you did mention the dollar. It has plummeted this week. In fact, it's just about as close to the low as it was when it sold off in March before it was the rush to the mm-hmm. dollar. Um, is, this, is this concerning for you? I mean, not concerning from, I guess, break it into, if you can give me two different answers, maybe it's one of the same. Is it concerning for you as a precious metals investor? And how concerning is it to you as a U.S. citizen? Well, it's necessary. I mean, a strong dollar, you know, is is not in the benefit of of the U.S. Um, so um, this is this is necessary as far as the economy is concerned, and as far as a precious metal is concerned, I'm elated because, I mean, I, I mentioned this in my my article last week. Uh, the 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 96 level, if we had a close below 96, I expected the 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 uh, the precious metal sector to really begin to take off, and that's exactly what's happened. And what's also rolled over with the dollar is the gold silver ratio. You know, it's getting down to that eighty level again, which is which is uh, about the sweet spot for for precious metals. I mean, when, when you have silver leading gold like this and uh, breaking out of of its huge huge base. And there's so much blue sky in the in the silver chart now, um, and you've got the perfect you had the perfect storm in gold, and now that's shifted to a perfect storm in silver, where you've got all these mines that were shut down due to COVID, with all this silver supply coming offline because most silver is a is, is mined as a byproduct of mining something else. So um, you've got a combination of of all this physical demand coupled with all this supply coming offline. And at the same time, you've got massive monetary debasement going on, coupled with massive uh, loss of faith in government currencies and in governments as a whole all around the world. I mean, this is a perfect storm for precious metals. So um, I don't expect, you know, as we talked about it at the top of the show here, sure, I mean, these things are overbought in the long term now, but um, I expect these these uh, pullbacks to be short and sharp and um, uh, core position should should be held um, you know I mean I, I, absolutely I'm, I'm never you know I'm never one to to uh, berate anybody for taking profit at any time but uh, it's it's paramount that, that, that you hold your core positions in these things because we got a long way to go here um, there's a lot of talk uh with Congress and the Senate and the Trump administration about getting some sort of stimulus plan done uh, before the end of this month. So basically in a week, Mm -hmm. do you think this could be a catalyst for more moves upward for precious metals? Well, it could be a, it could be a sell the fact because that rumor is being bought heavily. Um, You know, even Trump came out and said, he's even looking at more stimulus than the Democrats. Which, which, which is quite a statement. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, look at the moves we've had already. And on top of that, you've got the European Union agreeing on something for a change. And their stimulus was $750 billion. So you got that coupled with the, the U.S. stimulus, which is going to be anywhere from 1.5 to 2, I expect. And um, the Fed's balance sheet continues to just uh, roar up to probably about $10 trillion by the end of the year. Um, which is 40% of the U.S. GDP. I mean, everywhere you everywhere you turn, this is all bullish for, for precious metals. Um, but like I said, these pullbacks, you know, the higher they go without a correction, the sharper these pullbacks are going to be. So uh, it's it, it is it is it is essential for you to keep your keep your mind focused on the big picture here and try not to get shaken out with short term moves. You know, I think. Myself, like, I am prepared for that sharp pullback. Don't get me wrong. Um, what I'm, what makes me shake my head a little bit is we've been saying for the last couple of months that some of these tech stocks need a sharp pullback because they've acted almost just as ridiculous as some of these juniors and moves in precious metals <laughs> have, right? Right. Um, I mean, have... When the tech stocks haven't had this pullback, why should we expect the juniors to, or even precious metals? <laughs> well, that's that's a good point, and you can also factor in the in uh, that all these millennials that have been getting stimulus checks, they've opened Robinhood accounts, and I think they've they've finally discovered the precious metal sector. They have. I've seen reports. Yeah. There's a lot more money, Robinhood money, coming into some of the right. the gold and silver plays. Right. So. You know, I mean, what the the precious metals mining sector? I think the the combined market cap of the mining sector is something like four hundred billion. I, I think it's between three hundred and fifty and four hundred billion, which is nothing. It's a pea in the ocean. So once you have all this retail money coming into the sector, which is what we've been waiting for for basically a decade. I mean, we've been trading amongst ourselves without any retail assistance <laughs> in, in in this sector. So, um, you know, I mean, you could use the euphemism Niagara, trying to put Niagara Falls through a garden hose. I mean, it's there's all that money out there that's going to come into this sector and it's it's already started. And that's where a lot of these moves are coming from. And you and you add to the fact that, uh, you know, just just what, four months ago, these companies, you know, they were being raped by these bankers if, if they could even get a finance. And now. They're throwing money at all, you know, any junior that they can find. So that's the way this sector works. It goes, it, it goes from, it goes from uh, the 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 basement to the penthouse really quickly. And now, you know, everybody's cashing up. So um, there's a lot of money coming into the sector on the buy side and the sell side. And um, there's there's a lot of financings coming in. There's a lot of bot deals. Um, there's a lot of financings coming in without, even without warrants. I mean, there's just tons of money flooding into this sector. So, um, uh, like I said, um, uh, in previous interviews, um, that it's, 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 it's very important that you get into the right stocks to hold for the long term. Mm -hmm. you know, because let's face it, you know, now that there's a stiff wind in the sector here, even the turkeys are flying. There's a, there's a lot of companies that I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole that have made these huge moves. And um, you also have to take into consideration that a lot of these drill plays financed three or four months ago. 
And, um, you know, those holding periods for those finances are, are coming off. And generally what people do is they get into a finance with a full warrant. And then once, once the holding period is off, they sell the, they sell their shares and they keep the warrant. So, um, I think there's going to be a, a lot of selling coming into, in, into, into a lot of these juniors that have had these huge moves, uh, based on that. Right around the time of the U S election. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I don't know right if there's anything. The I don't know if there's anything to it. It's just that's the way, the timing. That's the yeah. way the timing played out. Yeah. 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 And uh, I've heard about I've heard about Biden wanting to tax capital gains up to sixty percent if he wins. So uh, I know that'll be difficult unless he gets the unless the Democrats win the the, the presidency, the House, and the Senate. Uh, but uh, that is something that that uh, investors would be factoring in uh, with with the Democratic win. So, mm. um, you know, we've got a lot to we, we, we've got a lot to consider uh, coming into this election. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially with such an overbought sector here. Yeah. Um, I thought it might be interesting, maybe a little fun uh, to maybe throw out a few specific companies at you. Sure. Uh, recent news and just give us your thoughts. Um, uh, this was not on the show notes that I didn't send to you, so I was keeping this a mm-hmm. secret from you. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> keep you spontaneous Curve and on ball, your toes. Huh? Curveball. Okay. Yeah, I know you. I know you're a big baseball guy. So here's, and baseball's <laughs> back. Rockies uh, beat the Rangers last night, I believe, in their first uh, home game in their new ball field, which was nice. Woo! In a new, their new empty ball. Yeah. Field. <laughs> <laughs> so you know this could be the Rockies' year. They usually start out really well the first sixty games. So who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the mid it's it's the mid season later in the season where they really start falling off. It's it's tough for me to get excited about baseball. <laughs> They're playing in empty stadiums. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, let's start out. Uh, you meant we did mention the the Robinhood traders. You mm-hmm. Robinhood only works on the New York, the the American big boards, right? One of the companies that I know both you and I are interested in is going, looks like to be getting a listing on the NYSE, and that's Integra Resources. Mm-hmm. Give us your thoughts here. Pretty exciting time for Integra. Are you happy to see this? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, um, that was a that was a very shrewd move by George. Um, I applauded that move wholeheartedly. It was the timing was perfect. I mean, once they rolled back the share price, bingo! It was four dollars a share U.S. and now funds can get into it, and their share structure is really tight. They're cashed up. They've got a fantastic project and a fantastic jurisdiction. Um, the market cap's up there now. I think it's about 260 million Canadian, but uh, it's due for a pullback. But uh, you know, that's that's definitely one I have I have uh, high hopes for. Okay, Alexco Resources looks like they're ready to go. Q4 production. Another one in the sweet spot. I mean, they uh, uh, Clint's done a great job of keeping that share structure tight. Um, they sold their uh, environmental business at just the right time to help them cash up to go into production. They raised money at the right time. They have a tight share structure going into production, probably in Q4, and a, and a silver price that's going to have a $20 floor. And that's a very high-grade uh, system they have there. And the the, uh, the huge property that I've flown over and I, that I've visited um, is only 12% explored. So that that... Yeah, that company's in the sweet spot. They have that U.S. listing, 
And um, I expect that stock to be over $4 a share pretty soon because that's the target of, of the recent breakout. I remember this company you once said to me, and I it wasn't it, it was it wasn't public, but you said this is one of my favorite option plays, Vista Gold. Oh yes, yes. Um, I don't. I'm not a shareholder of Vista, um, but I do like the company. I like the management. That capex though is over a billion dollars, and it's a hard rock uh, deposit. So um, that's probably why it's lagging here. But um, it does have a U.S. listing. It does have a tight share structure. Uh, Fred's been looking for a partner for over a year now. Um, so I wish them well, but I'm not a shareholder. Okay. Uh, Bonterra Resources. Oh, that's one I've, I had a, a love-hate relationship with in the past, and I, I'm out of now. Um, they had, a, they had a, a management team that completely blew out the share structure before the current management team. Um, they're in a fantastic jurisdiction. It's a fantastic project, but they overdrilled and and over diluted the shareholders uh, in that first management team, and they they've rolled back. And now this new management team, uh, I'm not really happy with the new management team either. So I I never got back into the stock, um, but I do eventually I, I do believe that eventually that stock, along with a Cisco Mining, will will be taken over by a major to tie up that district. Here's one that uh, you actually talked talk to me about a couple of years ago and has uh, turned out to be one of my favorite holdings. U.S., well, it was U.S., so America's silver. Now it is America's right. gold and silver. They've been pretty mm -hmm. quiet lately, but they did have a breakout this week. Well, they haven't broken out yet. I'm bringing up the chart right now as we speak. I'm bringing up a 10-year chart, and um, Darren's done a great job with that company. He's got the cost down. Uh, he bought that uh, Relief Canyon project for a song. They had some startup issues. That's why the, the, the stock was lagging there for a while. But he's got 100 ounces of Mexican silver, 100 million ounces of Mexican silver, um, high grade, higher-grade Mexican silver that he's been waiting for a higher silver price that's just sitting in the ground while his competitors have been mining at a loss. So uh, once the stock gets over $5 a share US here, it'll break out of a huge base. And um, they're cashed up, tight share structure, US listing, um, have ex have uh, huge exposure to silver and, and some exposure to gold now. Yeah, I, I really like this stock as well. McEwen Mining. Oh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it seems that um, some of the shine is, is rubbed off of Rob McEwen here. Uh, he used to be, you know, that stock used to trade at a premium. He was a, he was a retail market darling. It's, it, it appears to me that kind of Ross Beatty has stolen a lot of his thunder as the, as the, as the gold bug go-to guy. Um, I, he's made some mistakes. I think he, um, I think he uh, probably shouldn't have bought uh, Black Fox. And he probably should have sold his Argentinian assets. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, I know um, he had a he had a hard time keeping it over a dollar to keep that uh, NYSE listing before. I think it's it's back over a dollar comfortably now. Uh, but his ultimate goal is to get on the S and P. There's only one uh, there's only one gold miner on the S and P, and that's Newmont. And um, if the share price it's, it's, it's at $1.35 right now, 
And if the share price stays below a dollar for over a month, he will lose the new the NYSE listing and therefore lose his vision of eventually getting the company on the S and P. Um, the 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 the, uh, the share. Uh, the share structure is is is, is kind of blown out now, um, and um, these they've fallen on some hard times. But uh, the, the stock uh, could be a comeback story here if if they if if they start doing the right things again. But uh, I'm not that close to it anymore. I don't follow it that much, but um, I do wish I, I do wish them well because I, it's a it, it's a favorite of the gold bugs, and and um, if the stock does well, the the sector will do well. All right, you ready for your bonus round? Oh, bonus round, okay. <laughs> Give me a company that you have seen the last couple of weeks that is a big red flag for you. Maybe something that's uh, you've big never known. We have all these companies kind of entering the market all of a sudden, getting financed. Anything that's jumped out at you that <clears throat> maybe you question? Sure. You're concerned about. Um, Arcana Silver. Um, this is a company that's been around a while, um, and it's a new management team has taken over a few years ago, and they and they they got a uh, a, uh, a a new uh, a, a silver project in Colorado. They're close to production on it. It's narrow vein, very high grade, but it's narrow vein underground mine, and it's not that large. But they rolled back the stock a little over a year ago in a one for five, and um, he's he's now financed three times with a th- full three year warrant, and and their their most recent uh, finance was oversubscribed, but it included a full three year warrant. In this in this climate, that's a red flag to me. So now they've got. I think their share structure is blown out again over 250, maybe 300 million shares. And they've also got, I think, 80, 80, 80 to 85 million three-year warrants overhanging on the stock now, which which will limit the upside. So, so A, you've got a company that has blown out their share structure uh, in, in a little over a year after rolling back one for five. Um, B, you've got they, they kept the same name, which has a which has a lot which left a, a bad taste in a lot of investors' mouths. I know it left a bad taste in my mouth because I had high high hopes for the company during the last bull market. Um, and also, it's they're they're about to go into production on a narrow vein underground mine. So, I expect that they'll probably have some startup issues. Because it's very difficult to 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 to, to mine a narrow vein underground project, so um, I wish them all the best. I mean, I, I had a long conversation with the CEO, and I voiced all these concerns because they they asked if I wanted to get into the private placement, and I told them my reasons why, and these were my reasons. And um, I wish them all the best, and uh, I, I hope they're successful. But uh, this recent finance, where they had to finance again with another three-year warrant attached was a red was, was a red flag for me well as a resident here in colorado it'd be nice to see another precious metal mine get up and running right um you know there is that so i do hope for their success on that end because uh, it potentially could turn things around in this state 
who knows? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, the surprises usually come in this sector from the people you least expect. That's right. To get a surprise on the upside from. That's right. That's right. <laughs> David, thanks for this interview. It was great. I appreciate it. Anytime, Trevor. Always great to talk to you. All right. David Erfley, Junior Minor Junkie. Uh, you can go to his website, JuniorMinorJunkieWithAY.com. Uh, he does have some subscriptions available. I am a subscriber to his newsletter. It's a great read every every week. And um, David, how can people maybe shoot you an email with any follow-up questions? Sure. Um, the best email to you use is O-R-O-Y-P-L-A-T-A 43 at yahoo.com. That's gold and silver in Spanish, by the way. So that's the best way to contact me. And also my website is juniorminorjunkiewithay.com. And I also have a weekly column that I write that comes out uh, on Kitco every Friday. All right. Thanks, everybody. That's it. That's the wrap for us on this week. We'll be back again Monday morning with the news briefing before the market opens. Till then, have a safe and wonderful and very healthy weekend. Talk to you later.